From around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Hello, this is KJ from the Roundtable Podcast at the House of the Harping Monkey. Mick Bradley and Chris Miller are recording an episode of Misfit Brew. I'm recording this bumper, and you're listening to PlanetRatcon.com. Hello, and welcome to the 18th podcast from PlanetRetcon.com. I'm going to save most of the announcements until the end of the show, but first I'd like to say, before I forget it, that all of the music was done by our own Jeffrey Vargo, and I hope and pray that I did it justice by the remixing that I did to put it in the show. Without further ado, enjoy the show. Mankind filled his world, and then his star system. He expanded to all the planets, and when they were full, he constructed space stations to live between them. He became an expert on recycling and conservation, and over the centuries, as the space stations wandered into orbits farther and farther from the sun, he became less and less dependent on that sun for life. Eventually, Far out on the edge of the sun's grasp, a space station broke the final tie to the solar system and drifted off into interstellar space. They were soon followed by another, and another. Our solar system, like a dandelion on the long-forgotten Earth, had come to seed. These seeds drifted through the galaxy, slowly but continuously. Sometimes they would happen upon another star system, and sometimes they colonized it. More frequently, though, they mined the system for what little resources they needed, and they continued on their way. Eventually, mankind's domain stretched across the entire disk of the Milky Way galaxy. Uncounted millennia had passed, and each ship, alone for all that time, rarely met with other humans. Once every thousand years, or 10,000, or 100,000, a ship would arrive at a star that hosted other ships. But between the stars, in the vast, empty regions, a ship could travel without coming in contact with another vessel. Ever. Lon sat alone in the small room near the center of his world. <sighs> I can't read this again. His world, a huge wagon wheel shaped spinning vessel two kilometers wide, coasted along through the interstellar void. I should have brought another book. His job on that fateful day was in the radar room, or as it was more commonly called, the ping room. Six hours and no book. I can't believe I left a crossword puzzle in my room. Every minute, a transmitter sent a ping into space. This wave of energy expanded from the ship and would bounce back from any object it hit. With the ping, the inhabitants of the ship could find asteroids, comets, or other objects floating through the interstellar void 
and thereby avoid danger or, if needed and available, mine resources. No sleeping! No sleeping. There is another reason for the ping, but the chances of that reason happening are so remote that it's not worth even considering. In the entire history of Lon's ship, it had never happened. Ever. What? Until now. Lon ran to the main elevator, grabbed a stirrup, and rode it down to the administration level. I need to talk to Captain Yohei! Lon, you're supposed to be in the ping room. Do you know the penalty for- We've received a pong! Captain, Lon's here and he's- Lon? Doesn't he have ping duty today? Yes, sir, he does. He says he's received a pong. Lon, come in, come in. Yes, sit down. Now, say that again, please. I thought I heard you say you received a pong. That's exactly what happened, sir. It's 47 seconds away. So you gotta return ping is what you mean. There's an asteroid out there. You should be plotting its course. With respect, Captain, I heard the signal. It was not a ping. It was a pong. But a pong? That implies... That's why I ran, sir. You'll have to make contact. Me? Yes. You're on duty. I'm no diplomat. Who among us is? Sorry, Lon, but you're on duty. You've got the task. Unless you'd like some time in the brig. No, no. I'll do it. Do we have any documentation? Any rules on how to talk to them? I think we purged that. Let's see. Yep. 237 years ago. They needed the memory space to store the data on that Nova we learned about in history class. Great. I guess I'll just do it blind, then. I will, of course, go with you. But you'll do the talking. So let's go. Now? Well, yes. There's no telling how long they'll be in range. They could be heading toward us, away from us, or just passing right on the edge of the ping. We can't assume they'll be around forever now, can we? I suppose not. And come on, to the ping room. Again, this is Captain Cataran of the ship you have pinged. They're already calling us. We have plotted our courses to determine that given sufficient fuel expenditure on both our ends, we can bring our two ships together. Answer them. How? How should I know? One of those buttons. The training said never to touch those buttons. Now should be a good time to find out why. I order you... But you are not answering, so I will assume that you do not wish contact, or are not actively monitoring your pings. We cannot, with our fuel supply, perform the docking maneuver ourselves, so we will instead let you pass. She's hanging up! Do something! Hello? Did I hear a reply? I thought I heard something, like an argument. Whatever you just did, do it again. I did like 20 things. Hold on. Hello? Uh, hello? And so, first contact was established between the two ships. Hello there, I'm Wichita Rutherford from 5MinutesWithWichita.com. You want to know where the world's best podcast directory is? I know where they're keeping it. Over there at PodcastPickle.com. The podcasting world is changing so much and so fast every day, you need somebody that's right on top of all of it. And the fine folks at PodcastPickle.com can keep you up to date quicker than anybody. That's why they're known as the world's best podcast directory. So if you want the best, you get over there to podcastpickle.com. I'm Wichita Rutherford, and we'll see you.
Juan, we haven't seen you in sickbay for days. Madrine, I know. Tell Ior I'm sorry. You tell her yourself. She watched you in there today. Oh, I can't. We just figured out how to set up a video link. The captain of the other ship is expecting me already. So that's why you're all dressed up. I have to put on a good face for the ship. And if she happens to be pretty... Jealous? Not at all. I can have any man on this ship. Really? Any of all 5,000? Well, rule out the kids and old people, and the rest, sure. Say, 2,500. I'd love to see you try. Someday I will, Lon. Right now, I'm more concerned with my career. You want Ior's job, don't you, Madrine? Of course. She'll be retiring in a couple years, and I plan on being our next chief doctor. What about you? I guess I'll be second. Second? Not with how you're blowing off medical to play ambassador. I'm not playing ambassador, Madrine. Captain Yohei has ordered me to be ambassador. And Ior has ordered you to the medical bay. Tell her I can't make it. Tell her yourself. You know I can't do that. Just cover for me, okay? <sighs> Fine. Ready, Lon? Ready, Captain. Hello? Are you there? Yes. <clears throat> we are here. We're not getting video, though. Nor are we. What frequency are you sending on? We agreed on twice the frequency of water molecule vibration. Twice? I thought we had triple. Hold, please. Oh, wow. I can see you. She's beautiful. Uh, hi. Hi there. Um... You're human? Uh, yeah. Of course we are. What are those floppy things on your head? Ears? They're ears. Why don't you have any? We have ears, but they're just holes. Your ears look funny. Hey! Sorry. I mean they are different. I wasn't expecting it. And our noses are different as well. Yours is much... larger. Mine is perfectly normal. It's your noses that are too small. I guess we should have expected this. Both of our ships have been separated for hundreds of thousands of years. You'd have to figure we'd evolve a bit differently. I just didn't expect it. We didn't either. And I never expected the differences to be so... Pleasing. That was my thought as well. To business now. Sorry. Of course. We've got a lot of ground to cover in the week we have before the rendezvous. We've got the specs on your airlock, and you'll be happy to know it matches ours enough that we should have no trouble making a lock. Yes. And we spin our ship a bit faster than you spin yours, so we'll slow our rotation to meet yours. It'll be easier for us to accommodate a slower rotation and less gravity than you, a faster one with higher gravity. Yes, thank you for that. And we need to work out trade items. Inventories of goods that we may be able to trade between the ships. Yes, but it may be better to work out trajectories, fuel expenditures, and airlock structures now, and worry about the rest for when we meet. And I am looking forward to meeting you. In the flesh. Madrine, would you bring over those samples, please? Of course, Ior. <sighs> what a week. His Excellency graces us with his presence. Please. Do you really think I'd rather be doing that than doing this? We've all seen her picture, Lon. Oh, yeah. A pretty face totally makes up for six hours of arguments about fuel expenditure and trade items. They've never heard of chickens, by the way. Chickens! I think we can get a good trade for them, and we'll never miss them. I'm hoping to trade them pound for pound for something named corn. Some kind of vegetable. So you think she's pretty then? This is fascinating. 
But are you here to work or complain about your night job? To work? You may not believe this, but I do feel bad about this. I want to help out here, but Captain Yohei... I know. The captain gives an order. You follow it. Yep. Okay, what are we doing? The cows in Section 3 are producing 13% less milk than they were a month ago, and we're trying to figure out why. Lon, report to the ping room immediately. <sighs> oh, I gotta go. Fine. Bye. We can do this, don't worry. Go. Be an ambassador, Lon. Thanks. <sighs> what a joke. We're short-staffed as it is, and he just goes off whenever the captain calls. You and I both know that medicine isn't Lon's passion, Madrine. Yeah, his passion's that earless woman. It's not just that, Madrine. Lon doesn't belong in sickbay. He only signed up for the job for one reason. And what reason was that? Why are you really that thick-headed? If you're trying to imply that he did this to be closer to me... I'm not implying anything. He did this to be closer to you. Come on. No. He's terrible at this. You know full well we're better off looking at these samples without him. Yeah, he'd probably open them or something. Exactly. And here, he's all thumbs. Maybe, just maybe, this ambassador thing is something Lon's actually good at. Maybe he enjoys it. Maybe he just enjoys her. And that's something you should have expected considering you've shown no interest in him at all. Hmm. <laughs> We'll be docking in one minute. Everybody to your stations. Guards, watch the airlock. Lon, front and center. Lon. Coming! Jeez, you think I could run in zero gravity? Lon! Madrine! Hi! Anything else? I just wanted to say... Look, we're docking in like a minute. I know, I, I just wanted to tell you... What? Good luck. With the meeting. I, I hope you do well. So do I. Now can I go? Go. Bye. 20 seconds to dock. Lon, here. Get up there and brace yourself. When that airlock opens, I want you floating there, fearless. We need to show we're not afraid. Why would we be afraid? And do we really need the guns? Ducking, Ducking now. now. Docked. And the weapons are by my order, and I'm the captain. Now get up there. The doors are going to open in a few seconds. The massive airlock doors slid to the side, revealing a tube between the two worlds. Floating at one end of the tube, Lon looked across to the beautiful form of the woman floating at the other end. She's more beautiful in person than she was on the screen. Go! Lon kicked his feet and slowly coasted down the tube toward its center. The woman at the other end did the same. Slowly, they met in the center, reaching their arms out to clasp hands to stop both of their forward motions. Lon's face came to a halt inches before hers. Cataran? No, Captain Cataran apologizes for not being here to meet you. But as captain, she wanted to be on the bridge when the final maneuvers were made. She will be up shortly. But you look exactly like her. 
Of course. Why shouldn't I? But I am not Cataran. I am second in command, Illa. And then Lon saw it. As he looked over the shoulder of the woman who was not Cataran, he saw, in the alien ship at the other end of the tube, a dozen other women who looked like, but were also not Cataran, and a dozen men who all looked alike as well. Twins! You're all twins! Clones, I don't understand. Are you? Illop looked over Lon's shoulder, and the look on her face told Lon that she was as surprised as he at what she saw. Dozens of people, all different. She let go of his hands, and he hers. They regarded each other again, but this time they held the same thought. Are you human? To be continued. And in order of appearance, the cast of Rendezvous. Yours truly, Wesley Clifford, was the narrator and Captain Yohei's functionary. Bob Vogrel was Lawn. Jeffrey Vargo was Captain Yohei. Lisa Clifford was Cataran and Ilop. And Jamie Bartle was Madrine and Ior. All sound effects were done by me, Wesley Clifford, at Planet Retcon Studio A. Mutual of Audio's Sonic Kingdom, presented to you by the Mutual Audio Network, the network where we can all listen and imagine, together. Hi, I'm Perky Marlins, and welcome back to Mutual of Audio's Sonic Kingdom. Last week, we traveled to the wilds of Audio Island, which is in the western edge of that place some call the Bermuda Triangle. We went there to check on the progress of an audio drama producer who we have re-educated into the aspects of surviving in the wilds of the audio podverse. This wild creature, who Jim has named Bobo, has been used by society as a data entry clerk, a bartender, a project manager, an exotic dancer, and a biomedical research subject. The Mutual Audio Network's re-education project gives our young friend an opportunity for a productive life, in Bobo's natural environment, as an audio drama or comedy producer. The rehabilitation of this magnificent, wild, and creative animal includes a chance to reach a wider range of distribution and the extra exposure that brings, along with free production resources and the potential to make some money. Bobo has been hard at work on a first masterpiece, and right now, we can see Jim giving Bobo some feedback on the final mix. That's pretty good, Bobo. I'm just not sure about the choice of background music. It seems to be a bit too... No! No, I'm sorry, Bobo! No, don't, don't, don't hurt me, Bobo! <laughs> Artists. Sometimes they can get a bit touchy. Well, Jim knew the job was dangerous when he took it. Join us next week as Mutual of Audio's Sonic Kingdom will visit a pack of voice actors living in the hidden valleys of darkest Nova Scotia. For more information about the Mutual Audio Network, go to mutualaudionetwork.com or inquire at mutualaudio at gmail.com.